extremely touched by the women, especially in India. Here they were coming to us for prayer, and I felt so humbled because who am I? I'm not any different than they are. And yet I felt God say, what you have, they are waiting in expectation for. So pray for them to receive. And God also spoke to me, stop for the one, stop for the one. So every time I would see one of the Indian people, I just would see in their eyes the love of Jesus just pouring into them and pouring over them. And every one of them that we prayed for, I mean, hardly anybody went away not healed. There was just time after time that you'd pray for their knees and their knees would be healed. You'd pray for their back and their back would be strengthened. And, you know, just them receiving the love of Christ was such a huge thing for me personally because I just felt like they were, a lot of, many of them were saved, but they didn't know that the Father loves them personally. So that was really a, a highlight for me. And one of the other things was, the first night that we went, uh, I rode in a car, and then the next night, the car was taken by somebody else because they liked that driver because he was a really good driver. But God had laid that... <laughs> Some people are not very good drivers in India, we found out. Yes, and they make you very carsick. But God had just really laid this man on my heart. And so the second night, this other team was in his car, and after the conference was over, I felt the Lord say, you need to go and you need to pray for him. So I asked him if he would come to the side because I felt like God wanted to say something to him. So he got out and he very dutifully came over. And in his car, he has a Buddha and he has Hindu stuff on his, on his uh, dashboard. So I began to pray for him and he just, I could just see it in him physically, him receiving from the Lord and just being touched by God mightily. I mean, he was just almost taken back. So the next night, we went to Christian, a Christian supply bookstore to get gifts for the people there. And I found a little cross that hangs down, and it says, Jesus loves you. And I bought that cross for him, and I gave it to him. And he was so touched. He took everything else, and he put that little cross first, so that right on his little visor, on his uh, rear view mirror, so he could see Jesus loves you. And he just kept touching his heart and just kept touching his heart. So then the next night, I woke up really early in the morning, about 4.30 in the morning. And when Robin woke up at 5.30, I said, salvation is in the house. <laughs> and I had the opportunity to lead him to Christ. So I praise God for that. I never got to hear the end of that story. So I heard when you were saying, I'm going to talk to him before I leave. But I never heard um, that he converted to Christ, which is just amazing. I just want to really honor my mom and dad tonight because they were kind of the catalyst that started this whole, this whole um, endeavor in India, Jerry and Muriel Cavan. I'd just like to give them a round of applause, please. So my parents uh, went to India several times um, to take the Jesus film around to outlying villages and um, they lived over there a couple of times for six month stints when they had grandkids and they so I to leave businesses and so forth and um, so I went to visit them it was it's been 20 years um, uh, this December and 
I fell in love with the people of India and, of course, the, the orphanage um, that they were affiliated with at that time, which is still the orphanage that, that we visited. But um, I had a really hard time. Um, I was really depressed when I went, and so it was really a struggle. I, I had jet lag. I couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed for two days, literally, and just kept thinking I'm missing this whole trip. But um, I got back, and I just, I, I couldn't even describe to my family what I had seen and, and what I had witnessed. And it just, I don't know if it was a depression that made it all so, so bad, but it was, it was really bad. Um, and so I homeschooled my boys for one year when they were in first and second grade. And this is after I'd gone to India. And one day I was showing, um, Jacob and I were sitting on my bed and I was showing him the film that Campus Crusade had made of my parents traipsing through um, the, the deserted land, um, going from village to village to show the Jesus film. And he got finished and he wanted to see it again, so we watched it again, it's about seven to 10 minutes. And he looked at me, he goes, Mom, I don't wanna wait till I'm big to do something big for God. And so I said, okay, <laughs> what are we gonna do? And so we came up with a plan and then we raised money and um, it was enough to start to bring in more children and to get land for a building and to feed and send them to private school. So basically doubled the orphanage that was there, and this isn't that much money. Um, but things are so cheap there. And so we did that, and we've, we've supported that um, all these years. And it's always been their dream, especially Jacob, to go to India. And so when Jacob and John went, it was a thrill uh, that they got to go. and and. Um, you know, see where his dream had, what, what, it, where it had, um, what am I saying? What it had produced. produced. Thank you. And so, um, then Jordan comes along and he's in another country and I guess he just decided to spend three days in India. Just, um, happened by and God started moving and planted a seed in him and, you know, the rest is history. He got this whole church involved, and and um, it's just humbling. It's just amazing. I struggled with depression until about five years ago, really my whole life, and I always prayed, God, raise these children without a real healthy mother. And I, that was always my biggest fear, is that my kids would look back and feel like they didn't have a mom that was present. There were months when I couldn't come out of my bedroom. And really for all of us to be able to go to India and to see Jacob and John and Rachel and just how I could do so much. Mark was a great father, but we can only do so much and how the Holy Spirit has just got a hold of their hearts and just propelled them into loving and serving God is the greatest joy in my life and the trip everyone has talked about. It was just amazing. So thank you very much. Um, for me, I mean, the whole thing was just amazing. I mean, it's just, it, 
it seemed like from the time we woke up, uh, worship and uh, just with our group was just crazy powerful. I mean, it was it was radical. It just it really felt that way, and uh, and then just everything we did. But um, we got there. Um, we went to the orphanage the first day. <sighs> these kids all come in there from school and we got there before they they got home from school and they're dropping off their bags and uh, we were with Pastor Thomas and I'd watch the kids they would just circle up and they would pray and they'd give thanks to the Lord for the day at school and uh, they have long days at school our kids have no idea what school is and uh, they would they would circle up and they would give thanks and then they would go in and check in with them. And then we all gathered up on, on the roof of the building. And, uh, and I mean, you talk about jamming people. I mean, it's, I don't know, that house is lucky if it's 3,000 square feet, like 1,000 feet on each floor. But there's 70, 80 people that live there full time. And, uh, and when I say it's jammed, you, where they study, where they sleep, where they eat, it's all in the same place on this floor. Uh, but they sang and they worshiped, and it was just beautiful to see them. I mean, they sang, they shouted when they sang. It was just amazing, similar to us here. But uh, it was amazing. But um, uh, this young man brought <clears throat> that had become friends with uh, Jacob and John and Jordan uh, was like a brother to him. And uh, he's 22, and he came and sat down with me. And. Uh, He now, he, he lives there uh, full time, and he was an orphan, uh, and he takes care of the boys, and uh, just a handsome guy, and he leaned over and just said, I just want to thank you for just what you've, you know, been supportive of us, of us and praying for us all these years, and honestly, it felt like I did this much. I mean, it was little, but to know that you know, honoring God and falling through on things, uh, it changes life forever. And uh, the Lord, how he worked through these people, uh, the sacrifice that they make from Thomas's wife. I mean, the, the lady's crazy, ridiculous. She's so quiet. She cooks for 70 people, 80 people, three times a day on the floor and prepares, what's that? Yeah, seven days a week. And she just, she does it with a grateful heart. And I was just like, this is just crazy. And, uh, but, uh, but to see Barat now giving back and uh, pouring back into other boys. And what's crazy is when you see him rejoicing, it's kind of like Shana said, you're kind of going, man, these, these kids have everything. And they do. But to hear their stories, I mean, you talk about wreckage. I mean, to be dropped off at the street, to tell parents you don't want you. To know that you're probably going to be aborted, but you know Thomas went out and said, "No, don't abort that child. I want that child." Um, to see kids that their parents have seen murdered, and just I mean horrific things that some of these kids would tell us, uh, but then to see how they were loved on, and turn that into joy, and to know that they fully trust in one thing only, and that's Lord, and uh, that was just to me so powerful uh, to know that because. 
you know, to look at it, you're thinking, man, they just, they have, they eat the same meal, you know, at every meal, you know, rice and beans and curry and curry and curry and curry. And, and so uh, it's, it's crazy. And they're grateful for that. And, uh, and, uh, but it was real powerful. And then um, uh, to see that and, um, and to know that how the boys, I was thinking, brought was a little boy when he went there. To know that, it, you know, it just, it just the Lord brought it in my heart of a prayer of a child, you know, that, that Jacob was praying for that orphanage and felt to do something. And that here they're the same age and that boy's been raised up and how God's brought us together. And he felt like a son to me. He truly did. Just an amazing son. And, uh, but all those kids. And then one other story is... Uh, we were having at the revival services, which was just crazy impactful, and how the Lord moved. I mean, it felt like, I mean, it felt like a crusade, like that you'd almost see like Billy Graham traveling the world. You guys are all probably way too young to even know who the guy is, but, <laughs> but he would hold these crusades, just really bringing people to the Lord, and that's honestly what it felt like. I mean, the power of the Holy Spirit moving through Jordan was just, it was crazy, and uh, you're, you know, the first night I thought, oh, well. Tomorrow night's going to be a little let down in my mind because I'm thinking he can't do this again. And then he had ratcheted it up again. And then the last night, I was like, this guy's going to collapse. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it was amazing. But um, this, this mom came up and her daughter and a, a guy by the name of Ezekiel, he's a seminary student, brought him up and said, I'd like you to pray for my mom. would like you and, to pray for her and the daughter. And I said, what do you want prayer for? And she said... I just want to have peace. I just don't have peace. And, and so before we started to pray, I think I was with Shane. I'm not sure who at that time. But I said, well, you know, what is it that you want peace? And so I prayed with her, and I could tell she was still uneasy. And so as we talked further, Ezekiel, um, you know, it's a caste system. And so you're kind of stuck in your lot in life. It doesn't matter. You're not, like, getting out. You're not moving up the food chain. And he had studied hard and wanted to be an engineer. And the family, the father and the mother, had determined that's what he was going to be. And he thought he was going to be an engineer. But God changed his life. And we had heard his testimony, I think, the second day. And he, it was crazy powerful testimony at the seminary. I mean, it, it just uh, it touched all of us in just crazy way. But the Lord had told him, you know, to, to go out and be a disciple and become a minister and, and go out and reach his people for the kingdom. And uh, she was really distraught, and the whole family was distraught over that. And, you know, and he is so on fire for the Lord. And what was crazy to me is you live in a society that the pressure, you know, we live in a society, it's pretty easy to worship, and it's pretty easy to go, you know, say what you believe and everything else. There it's not that way. Um, and he had chosen to go the path that is narrow, the path that is so narrow there. And everybody else is going this other way. And he also had the opportunity to provide money and go a different direction to maybe help his family even get out of the level where they're at. But he had chose to go this other direction. And the mom, by the end of the prayer, was rejoicing, excited, and the daughter. But just to see that what he chose was just, you know, unbelievable. And I hadn't even shared this with all the group, but... What's, what's so powerful to this is we don't see it here, but Pastor Moses the week before had sent me a picture the week we're going, I, I, Pastor Thomas, and don't tell me, I don't know why he'd send it, because I'm like, oh, man. But he sent me a picture, 
in a picture of a pastor friend of his that got shot in the head that week and was murdered in the pulpit preaching, sharing the gospel. And the people then fled the church. And it was a gory picture. I mean, the picture also was him laying in the hospital. And I'm thinking this young man, Ezekiel, is taking the choice to say, you know what, I'm going to go out in the world because I know who my Lord and Savior is. And this is what he's called me to do. And, you know, it's, it, it's just like Jordan. They're not beautiful churches. Uh, but what's crazy, it's the most beautiful singing. And we're Jordan and then we're on Sunday. It was 110 at least in the back of the church. And Ashley and them can attest to it. They looked like they were getting ready to do They were in hot yoga or something getting ready to go after it. But it was so hot in this place. It was just unreal. But these people rejoice and come just excited in a land that is saying, and their prime minister is saying, no, we don't want Christians here anymore. They have, they have shifted a different direction, saying we want them out of here. And, uh, and it's just to see these young men saying, this is the direction I'm going to ch- choose. I came away just feeling lifted, encouraged by the Lord, you know, uh, really pouring back into to me. So That's good. Real, real quick, I'm just going to say, like, freedom in the house. So if you need to go, we bless you. Um, ben, we're just going to keep testifying. So, yeah, just but just know, like, if you need to go, family, right, around the campfire. So feel free. Don't feel like we're holding you captive. <laughs> go ahead, Hannah. Thanks. Um, I think the craziest thing for me was something that I didn't even realize till we got back, but was that everything that we've been praying for and crying out for for months, we saw God do. And like as I was like processing coming back, I was like, oh my gosh, God, you did that and you did that and you did that. So I'll give a couple examples, but, um, and like specific things too. Like we had been praying so much like as a team and all of you guys know I've been praying too. Like there's, this trip was really saturated in prayer, which was so amazing. And we so like just felt that. But um, there was one morning in prayer we would pray every Friday morning, and the Lord gave me a picture, and I saw um, us as a team, like, ushering in, like, like on, like, a wagon, this huge tree. It was, like, this massive tree of life, and it was green and flourishing and um, fruit and everything, and, and we were bringing it into this city that was just, like, a city of death, like, just covered in dust and broken and dying, and, and as we brought in the street, everybody that saw it just came, like, and just flood, they just flocked to it. Like, they were just so hungry for what we were carrying for, like, for what we had, and, and my prayer was just, God, like, let us usher in your presence in such a way that people just flock to it, and, um, and the first night, and actually, I didn't see that the first night, the first night, people really just wanted healing, like, they all came up, and, and it was amazing, like, we all saw so much healing, but there wasn't, like, this hunger, I, at least I didn't feel it, and then the second night, after Jordan spoke, it was like, there was this shift, and everybody that came forward just wanted more. Like, they wanted the presence of God. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was like that picture. Like, like everyone that came was just, I want blessing. Bless my family. Like, just prophesy over me. Like, they just wanted more of God. Um, and another example of just God answering just specific prayers. There was another time we were praying together. And the Lord gave me a picture of this woman um, who I could just see was just held captive. Like, I just she was so broken and had all these lies just written all over her and when we were in prayer my heart just broke for her and that's my heart more than anything like I love like I want to see blind eyes open I want to see all that but I was like oh god I want to see the broken set free and um and the first our first day of ministry we were, we were praying for this woman and she had a demon in her 
and um, she was laying on the ground and her eyes were distorted and she was just not in the right mind. She was yelling and, and I was like praying for her and just stroking her face and looking her, in the, like, looking her in the eyes and I just realized that it was the same woman that was in my vision. And my heart just broke for her. Like I started crying, just declaring freedom, like just freedom, freedom, freedom over her. And after like 15 minutes, her eyes like became completely clear and she started praising Jesus. And it was like, yeah, yeah, come on. Um, I think for me, like, we saw so many cool, like, miracles and stuff, and that was all super rad, but, like, just, like, they think so highly of us, like, they honored us so much, and it was just, like, like, people would come up with me on the streets and take photos, and, like, they would, like, anything we wanted, water, like, I don't know, it was just so, like, like, who am I? Like, the only difference between me and you is, like, where we were born, and, like, I don't know, and, like, at first night of the uh, conference, um, the first woman who came up to me after, she was like, she wanted prayer, and she was like, you know, pray that, like, my husband comes back, and she had a little baby, newborn baby in her hands, and she was like, because I don't have the money to take care of this child, and then the next family that came up to me, it was two little kids, and, um, (laughs) and uh, they were with I think like an aunt or an uncle or something, and they were telling me how the kids can't get the image of their mom lighting herself on fire three weeks before out of their mind. And it's, I don't, like, it just so, like, wrecked me. Like, I can't look at anything the same. It's like, these people have so little, and yet so many of them are so happy and so full of joy, and it's like, who am I? Like, they want me to pray for them? It's like... Like, I have nothing to give them. Like, I, I, they had more to give me. And so, I don't know. Like, I, like, it's been really hard being back and just seeing how much, how much more we have than we need. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, that was what was most impactful for me. Yeah, so there was one day, um, it was Sunday, and Shana and I and a girl named Haley from California went and preached at a little church in the morning, and then we got to go through the slums for probably four or five hours just ministering to people um, with Moses, who's kind of the the grandfather, who's kind of, most of the stuff in India is his fruit, all the pastors and his family, and so we were ministering for pe- to people, and we were literally going from house to house to house. Like he was like, "We must pray quick. There's so many more like people waiting for us to go to their homes." And and so we were going pretty quick. But every time we sit down in a the house, they give us coke and sprite and crackers. So it's not as fast as you would think. But um, there was one little house that we walked in, and most of the homes that we walked in were people from his church, and they were pretty joyful and things. But there was one home that we walked in, and. When we walked in, there was a little metal bed on the side of the room, and it was pitch black. Well, pitch black besides the door was open, so the light was going in, but um, it was, there was no lights on in the room. And there was a man who was laying on his side on the bed, and he was like a skinny man. He had skinny arms and skinny legs, but he had his stomach was just super bloated. And then I looked at his feet, and they were just like balloons. And so 
I didn't, wasn't sure what was going on, but Shana knew um, since she's a nurse. But he was an alcoholic, and he'd been an alcoholic for many years. And so from what they said, I think, if I'm right, his liver had failed. And so his body was just swelling up. And so we sat down next to him, and his brother and his sister were there as well. And uh, we began to pray for him. And, but he, and he was, I, th- I thought he was sleeping because he never moved when we sat down next to him. And so I asked Moses, I, I said, is he awake? Can he hear us? And Moses is like, yeah, he's awake and he's listening. And I said, well, can you ask him to sit up? Because I felt like the Lord wanted to do something deeper in his heart. And so um, he sat up and he was really groggy and he kind of rubbed his eyes and then opened them. And they were super yellow, like extremely dark. And it just felt like really heavy darkness. And so we kept praying for healing and and probably went on for 20 or 25 minutes. And I began to get very frustrated because we were trying to dig deeper with him but he wasn't like receiving or responding very well and so through the translator he wouldn't really he would always bring it back to his stomach and I need more prayer for healing but he wouldn't really go to like the deeper heart issues and so we kept praying for him and it kind of went silent and we were all just kind of sitting there some talking to the translator just different things and I began to I kind of like took a step back because I was frustrated and I was like I want to see this man healed And I kind of stepped back into myself, and I was like, Lord, like, what do you see in this man? And I just began to stare at him. And he was, the whole time, he was just sitting next to me, and I had my arm around him. And as I looked at him, like, I just became, like, overwhelmed with love for him. And it was like, I just started, like, almost like waves and waves of, like, the Father's love for that man. And so he had never once looked up at us. And so I, I said to Moses, who was translating, I said, can you tell him to look me in the eyes? And Moses told him to look me in the eyes, and he looked up at me, and I just grabbed his face. And he could speak very, very broken English, so he didn't know much, but he knew what I was saying. And I just said, God loves you. And he began to, like, slowly shake his head, and I just kept saying, God loves you. And I just, like, I was like, you're a good man, and God loves you. And he just slowly started to shake his head, and he didn't respond that much, but he shook his head a little. And then we we prayed some more, and then we left. And And I left, and I was somewhat discouraged that I didn't see the healing I wanted to see or the fullness but I left and something in my heart just said like the man knows he's loved and like love is love is the foundation of everything and so he knows he's loved and so the next day Moses came to me it was just I was sitting in the corner of, of somebody's kitchen by myself and Moses came to me he said hey I want you to know something and I said what and he said that man David that you prayed for passed away um passed away this morning and he said it with, there was almost tears in his eyes, and he, and I kind of like, it was just a shock to me, and he was probably only, he was only, he told me he was 33 years old, so he was very young, and so I was just, I was like, didn't know what to, what to think, and I kind of was in shock, and he goes, but listen, he said, he know, he knew he was loved, and he was like, he's in heaven right now, and there's no pain, and it was kind of, it was like a, re, it was a personal revelation to me, where I was like, I wanted to see the healing but whether or not that comes, I was like, he knew he was loved. And, and it was just like kind of a moment just processing all this. It's, it just keeps coming back to me where it's like we just have to know the love. Like we want everything else. Like, yes, I, I desire to see people healed through my hands. I desire to see, to see people raised up. And I desire, desire to see so many powerful things. But the Lord, it's like when I step back to the very, like, big for me principles of life, he was like, he knows he's loved. And so... It was really just a neat revelation for me personally, I guess, and, uh, and something that, that I'll definitely never forget. So, yeah. Yeah, we, we saw the glory of God. 
And things were awakened in every one of us that we didn't even know that we were carrying. Um, I know Jordan came to me at one point and he says, Mom, I have never seen you so alive. And uh, things that um, got awakened in me took me to this place. I have not slept since I've been home. And it's because I think I'm just on this high because I saw the glory of God. And I am forever changed because of that. And watching my son preach the gospel in a way that I have never seen him before. And watching hundreds of people coming up and just hungry to receive what he's giving. And then watching this amazing team, one of our first days we were ministering to pastors. So pastors from all over India came to our conference and and. Jordan led us loose to pray over the pastors, and I ended up on the stage, and I look down at all of these people, and they are literally praying with power and authority. These pastors are getting wrecked in the presence of God. I mean, they're given words that literally, they, the, one of the pastors came back and said, that is exactly what I was asking of God, and then you began to speak it over me. And... I hope that they all realize how powerful that every one of them were. And one of the things that was so powerful for me is a woman came up to me and her son-in-law was a pastor and she did not speak English and he told me she is a, a, a warrior, a Hindu warrior. And I can tell you, I have never seen a woman that was more dead than this woman was. Like there was no life in her eyes. And I just stared at her, and I, I, I began to, I was going to lay my hands and pray, but I, I didn't even have authority to do that. There was something so strong over her that my hand went back, and I began to talk to her son-in-law, and he would interpret, and I began to ask her questions, and she was sick, and she, she needed it to be touched by the Lord, but I knew she needed the love of the Lord, and so I began to share the love with, him, with her. And I, one of you were with me. Who was that that was with me that day? Michelle. Michelle she's not here. And, and this woman ended up completely giving her life to Christ. Yeah, it was amazing. And then I said, now let me pray for you. And I put my hand on her, and she went out cold. She hit the ground hard. And we were just standing there looking like, oh, my goodness. Like, she went down before we could even catch her. And she was down for two or three or four minutes. And then all of a sudden, she woke up, and she wanted up. And so we all helped her up. And she began talking 100 miles an hour. And he was trying to translate. And she said, what happened to me? Like, tell me what just happened to me. And I asked her, what happened? And she said, something hit me. And I went blind and then I woke up on the ground, and I put her face in my hands, and I began to tell her that she encountered the love of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And she began to declare him as the Lord of lords. And, and the next day she came, and I had a long line, and she waited, and she said, pray for me again. And I saw life in her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I also prayed for a woman who had cataracts and couldn't see very well. And I prayed for her, and then the interpreter began to interpret, and she's talking afterwards. And I was about to say, let's pray again. And there, before I could even say it, the woman said, no, 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 she's healed. <laughs> and the woman's like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, you, you're healed? I don't have to pray again. Praise you, Lord. So we saw so many things. It's hard for us to even tell you what we experienced because it's really hard to put the glory of God into words. But thank you for every single person in here who believed in us, who believed God, who gave to us, who financially helped us, who prayed for us, because you were a part of it. And I have asked the Lord that every single person who sowed into this, that you somehow get a taste of what we experienced and that you get to wake up in the night and that God will show you or he will release something that we were given and he will give it to you because every one of you are a part of this family and you deserve to experience what we have experienced. Yeah, so we just bless you, bless you with every good thing that the Lord has for you in all of this. And I just want to say that, that you said it so well. We did see power. We did see crazy things happen. We saw so many people just down on the ground being hit by the power of God. But I think the most beautiful thing that we saw was we saw the love of the Father. And every person on this stage carried it so well. And, and we saw that the most important thing is love. And love always conquers it all. So, amen. So we were in a slum church, the Grace Baptist that he was talking about, a really small church. And it was Ben and Ashley and me and Jordan and Jake. Ben and Ashley were praying and me and Jordan were praying for some people. And then this lady um, came in and they had to kind of like, two ladies like walked her in kind of like carrying her in and Jordan looked at me and he said you need to pray that her legs are healed and I was kind of like well you should pray you're the pastor like I don't think this is me and he was like just touch her legs and pray for her so we prayed for her and she could walk without help but she was still like stumbling around so he's like so Jordan's like we're gonna pray one more time to see if she can be fully healed so we prayed one more time and she like walked back and forth twice and then just like walked out of the church completely fine. And we were like, we all looked at each other and we were like, did that just happen? And she was just like completely healed. It was amazing. So I'll, uh, I'll share something now too. Um, probably I, I did a, a number of years ago I, you know, I was not aware that God moved in power. I didn't know that healings happened. And when I finally, uh, through a, a slow process of, like, hearing too many testimonies to deny them from people that I knew and respected, I was like, all right, I guess this stuff happens, you know. And I started getting really hungry, and I just said, Lord, if you do this, then I want to see it. And I said, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what it costs. Like, I'll go, and I'll do, I just want to see. If you're moving, like it says in the Bible, I want to see it. And I remember at one point I went through the whole book of Acts and I put my initials next to every miracle I could find. And I said, if you can do it through them, I want to see it in my life too. And uh, it's kind of a cool story that I think incorporates a lot of the trip for me. But this woman came to me the first night and uh, she was in severe pain. And as I was praying, she was, um, she, 
some things were happening in our body and a lot of people just, it's, it's a very spiritual climate that's very different than ours and very open to spiritual things. And a lot of them have been engaged in Hindu worship, open themselves to all types of spirits that are not the Holy Spirit. And uh, anyways, she, she was like, I feel better. And then she looked at me and she was started weeping and she was like, for 18 years, I've been afflicted. And I immediately go to the woman who's bleeding for 18 years, you know, in the Bible. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And it really blessed me. But then the next morning, she came up to me and brought, uh, I think, her mother-in-law, who was, like, in severe pain, burning all over her body, could hardly even look at me. She was in so much pain. And I was praying for her mother-in-law, and just nothing, there was nothing happening. I felt like her mother-in-law was just a brick wall, and nothing was happening. Then I looked at her, and I said, how are you feeling? She's like, well, I'm in pain again. And in that moment, I just got really disillusioned, honestly. Like, not disillusioned, but really discouraged and started being like, oh, my gosh. Like, what the heck? Like, I thought she was feeling better, and um, nothing's happened with her mother-in-law, and I feel the Lord say, pray for her again. So I start praying for her, and ends up into like 30 minutes of her really like a, like a, a battle, and she ends up um, being delivered, um, for lack of a better term. And when she gets delivered, I knew it. I looked in her eyes, and her eyes were clear, and I was like, wow. But I think there was still something in me was like, is it real, though? You know, like, is this going to happen? And, um, and that night, that, that morning was a really difficult morning, and, and honestly, just like, there was just, a, there was just a lot in that environment. Like, I've never experienced just so much and preaching all the time, and, um, but I, I was, everyone was just kind of feeling it. We had a meeting that afternoon, and uh, we went back, and I was just really struggling. Like, I was sitting on the stage, dog-tired, having to preach to this crowd of people and just feeling like it was like it was like there was just a voice screaming in my head you need to leave India like get out of India and I was just like man and I just started just praying during the whole worship set like no Lord no Lord I know you've sent us here I know you've called it and I know it was because even that morning people were coming and a few people mentioned it and Haley probably said it the best she's like I felt like I was a Hindu God and they were just coming wanting like a spiritual commodity of healing and I was feeling that and like it was just a lot of resistance I didn't like it and that night as I was I've never I've never had an experience where it was like it was like it was like I wasn't preaching it was like God was preaching and I just saw the gospel and all of a sudden I saw the gospel for what it needed to be in that culture and it just unlocked and it was like the love of God just just erupted in that place in a way that it was like I was getting preached to like oh my gosh it's so simple like it's the love of Jesus that he has for us and something just released into that room and um, I ended up praying just a corporate prayer had them all come forward praying and that woman came up on stage with her mother-in-law and uh, her mother-in-law I got healed and was like, I saw her, like she could barely move before. And it was like, no pain. And the woman testified, I got 18 years, I've been delivered. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it was like, love just got released from the core of my being. And it was like, people were coming. And it was like, all I could do, I almost was like laughing when people would come because all I could experience was just the radical love of God for these people. And it was like, honestly, the miracles faded to like this. Like it was like, oh yeah. That can happen or that cannot. That's so secondary to the love of God. I was like, I just so deep every person that stands in front of me to know just the depth of this love that is so deep and so real. And God began ministering, and you know, there was lots of miracles because God likes to do that too, but it's just secondary, you know. 
Um, but then the, the, the last day, um, the woman came up to me. I was almost done. And like when I say almost done, it was like a long time of praying. And finally, she comes up to me, and she's just like smiling. And she's like, I want you to pray for me. She's like, but I want you to pray that God uses me to bring healing and deliverance to people. And I was just like, oh, Lord, like... <laughs> are you serious? I was like, yeah, I'll pray that over you. I think you got plenty of experience now, you know? Um, but that one just got me because it was just like, man, you know, if you, if you seek them and it was just like, Lord took me back to, you know, 18 year old kids sticking my initials next to a story in the Bible saying, God, if this is real, make it true, like show me, you know? And, you know, my heart, my desire, I think we've heard it in so many different ways is it's different there. It's different. There's a different culture. There's a different understanding of the spiritual. There's a different understanding of who God is. There's a different understanding of what power is and what it looks like. And uh, I believe that God is the same God of Boise as he is of Bangalore, India. And, and I, think, uh, I think God's doing a work in us. Um, I have no desire to try to replicate there here because it won't be the same. Uh, it's different culture, like I said, but the kingdom of God is universal and his reign has no boundaries and it has no borders and it is not confined by countries or people or skin color or background. Uh, he is the God of, of Israel and he's the God of America and he's the God of India. And I really, you know, believe in, we're going to, we want to, I want to end just with a ministry time where I'm just going to have, the, I'm going to let him loose. Someone said that <laughs> um, in a sec, but um, I do want to brag on them for uh, just a little bit, but they were literally blown away, the pastors in India. There was a head pastor who's a very powerful leader in the region, has disciples, all these pastors in the whole region. He looked at me and he said, I've never seen people pray like this. He's like, Riverhouse is a praying church. <laughs> and uh, I was like, you know, we are, but it blessed them. And I feel like we, they, had, they deposited so much love. And it was amazing. And you, I'm sure you can pick it up even hearing is everyone, it was very different how God used them. And it was amazing to see that. You got Ben and Ashley over there in Spirit Wars. <laughs> you know, and then you have people ministering deeply in the compassion of God. And when God looks at that, he's pleased. Uh, there's no like special way that God can use you. He's uniquely designed us as instruments. Uh, to be used by him and it was amazing to see that um just it was incredible like in comparison wants to come in of course and a number of people said i just god's never used me like that god's never used me like that and i just want to speak to that and say it's okay like god wants to use you in a way that's that's you it's unique it's powerful it looks like mercy it looks like love it looks like power it looks like compassion it looks like healing it looks like encouragement it looks like hugs you know like and it's so powerful because it's you being used by God. Um, and so I want to say that and at the same time just say to you all there's more. There's more for us in Boise. And my prayer and like my, my passion is that we'll be poor in spirit like they're poor in spirit. They don't care. This church is like literally like this is a church of 800, this building there. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I was like, Jake, take some pictures of the churches here because people are going to be upset because we're so cramped. It's like they need to see what cramped looks like, you know, because they just want to see God. They just want to be in the presence of God. And I, like I said, we have a plan. We're not going to do that. But we're different culture. Like I said, I get it. But, but they're poor in spirit. They just want God. And there's a... a I've heard it said that grace, the presence of God's like water. It finds the lowest place. 
And the humble in heart and the poor in spirit will always find that place. They'll go low. Like, they just want God. And if, if we can embody that here in the richest nation in the history of civilization, I believe God will do something and preach a message through us that's so powerful. And it's going to take all of us, just like it took all of us. It's going to take all of us. And so in the same way that I'm going to let them loose on you, I want you to be let loose on them. And then... Who knows what happens after that. But uh, we just believe God started a good work. There's going to be more ministry in India in years to come. In fact, there's a man, just so you know how impactful this was for them, there's a man who's a very successful in the medical field uh, who quit his job and feels called to full-time serve the Riverhouse Festival and follow-up of the salvations and follow-up of the pastoral network and to pour his life into seeing what God unlocked in these three days continue. And at this point, it's completely in faith. He has a beautiful family and has no idea how he's going to pay for them. They're praying that we'll tithe more, maybe. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, like, that's how impactful. They're like, we've never seen this. Like, they're, they're like, lit on fire. And, and so that's what we want to pray in this time is that that same fire will be here and that this bridge that God is birthing uh, will continue and be a very fruitful connection that, that yields fruit for many, many years to come. So... No. I just have to brag on Jordan for one more minute. I think one of my greatest blessings is that all these little boys and young teenagers would get in my line, and I would say, what do you want the Lord to do for you? How can I pray for you? Pray, I want to be just like Jordan. <laughs> yeah, over and over. Isn't that beautiful? So her line will be over there. <laughs> no, just... Um, so I'm going to pray just a corporate blessing over us. Everyone can stand up. And then, you know what? I don't really know how to do this because we're so crammed. But the team will be, they'll probably just kind of up here in the front. And they'll get you prayed for if you want to get prayed for. So they've been used to doing some long nights the last week. So Jesus, we thank you that you're the Lord of Bangalore. We thank you that we saw your kingdom come. We thank you that our eyes witness the great and glorious works of God. We thank you for the love of God that's so simple and so pure, but has the power to break every chain and set captives free and heal broken hearts and heal broken bodies. And it's all about your love, Lord. And I thank you that we saw just the fiery power of your love on full display in Bangalore. And we thank you, God, that you're not just the Lord of Bangalore. You're the Lord of Boise, Idaho. And we ask for that same love. We ask for that same power. We ask for that same expression of your heart, God. Uh, though it may look different outwardly, we know at the core, at the DNA level, it's the same love. And so we ask for that same love here tonight. We ask, God, that you disturb us and that you put questions in our heart. Why haven't I seen this? What does this look like? God, there's so many things that can race when we hear testimonies. God, I know I'm wrestling with the number myself and I just pray God that you will disturb us into a greater revelation of who you are I pray that you will move us corporately as a body into greater revelation of the fullness of Christ God you paid for fullness and we want fullness here God and we just say God we, we prayed and we went and said it let it be in Bangalore as it is in heaven and God now that we've seen it in a greater measure we ask the same thing here that you let it be in Boise as it is in heaven God and we ask Lord that you pour out your spirit upon us God that you make that you make encountering the reality of your kingdom a normal experience 
expression of our lives, God, and that we can say with confidence that God is the healer in Boise, that God gives visions to little kids in Boise, that God speaks in Boise, just like he does in Bangalore, God. You love your people, you love your kids, and we just ask, God, that you give you full permission to move upon us. God, seal these testimonies in our heart, Lord. May we be good soil that grab hold of them and bear fruit, God, 30, 60, and 100-fold, we pray. And we pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus, God. We ask for just the full impartation of everything that you've given to be released into every heart in this church, God, and that you do a great work in us. And we thank you that he who is faithful to begin a good work is faithful to bring it to completion. And we believe this, God. You are faithful. And we believe this and we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name.